It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more, spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com is where you go to save money each and every day. Coming up a half hour from now, it's been a source of the Clark Rageous moment. I don't know how many times over the last year, cryptocurrency, things like Bitcoin. And we were talking about it as a crew, and it seems that I have gone so shorthand on it that the Clark Rages moments have not really explained well what is this phenomenon known as cryptocurrency. So I'm going to go back to basics and tell you what's going on, what you need to be aware of, what you need to be wary of as well. I want to talk about something that seems to be polarizing among listeners to our show, and that is when you hear somebody call up who's saving money here, saving money there, saving money everywhere, and they're asking me, well, where should I put more money? Because let's face it, a lot of people are just struggling to make ends meet every month. And then there are others that it seems like money's almost falling out of the sky. And there are times there are people who make a great deal of money that are calling asking me about saving. But most of the time when you hear me drill down with somebody who's saving a lot of money, they generally are not people making a huge income. And there are people who say, well, no one with kids could ever save money like that. But the truth is there are people who set their minds to it and have an attitude. It's almost like it's just who they are through and through, that they are people who end up in that category known alternatively as max savers or super savers, people who set out to live on a very small percent of what they make. My definition of a max saver is someone who lives on every other paycheck. And as you may be aware, if you're a longtime listener to our show, that was how I lived my life from right out of graduate school at 22 years old, 21, 22, 22, I think, forward was living on every other paycheck. That that was just what I did. And it created a world of possibilities for me over time. And there are people who, who they just think that way. They've got a goal they want. The goal is very important to them. And usually it's financial independence at a very young age. Uh, sometimes they refer to it as retirement, but it's not necessarily retirement. It's financial independence that gives you the choice what you do going forward. A friend of mine named Kevin wrote a book years ago called The Power of Half, and it's about how his family made a decision to dial down the voltage of their family life and move to a smaller house and reduced overhead every way they could. And for them, the purpose of doing that was not so that they could just not work or whatever. It was so that they could 
give generously to charity and do volunteer work and things like that and not be chasing a dollar so they could live a lifestyle. And so they set up their life where they could live on half of what the income was for the family so the other half could serve others. It's whatever it is you want to do, but it's, you know, there are all these stories that come out and blogs about people who have been able to save so much money in so many years and all that, and there's always more to those stories. They have to be, to a certain extent, sanitized so they make good reading. But the underlying philosophy is regardless of what you make, unless you're making a poverty wage, it's all about how you handle your wants. And your wants end up being reduced if the goal you're trying to reach is very, very important to you. And over time, as you live on less than what you make, and if you live on substantially less than what you make, the whole process gets easier as the money that you're deferring, you're saving, you're investing gets larger and larger, your options get bigger and bigger. Someone doesn't have to own their own business to hit it big. You can be working for the man. That's an expression. You could be working for a woman, but expression working for somebody else. You could be doing that and simply by the fact that you were living on substantially less than what you make, you create financial independence for yourself. And this isn't for everybody. It's for a very small percent of people. But I just want you to know that if it is something that you want to set as a goal for yourself, you set the goal, and I find that you need to be obsessive about tracking how you're doing so that you always stay on target, always on goal. It's not about celebrating money, worshiping money, worshiping the dollar. It's about the independence that you're buying through the money you don't spend. Joyce is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Joyce. Hi. Joyce, you want to talk about having saved money and now how to spend it. Is that right? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I have to take my RMD um, from my 401k starting this year. And Let me explain I what that have... is to your fellow listener. The government <laughs> does the, distribution. the the government does this crazy, crazy thing that is Looney Tunes, where we tell people we want them to save money, but then if you don't, then turn around and start spending it at a certain point in retirement, the government penalizes you, taxes you fifty percent of what you should have pulled out under federal rules instead of allowing to continue to grow for retirement. Yep. Called RMD, as you said, required minimum distribution. So you got to do one. (laughs) I have to do one. And I'm not sure what to do with it. If, yeah, where, you know, we should just reinvest it or um, put it in the bank or what we should do with it. We don't need it to live on. So is this money that you will never need? Um, maybe eventually, but not 
not in the near future, no. So when you say maybe eventually, is it more than 10 years away, uh, in, which would put you into your 80s? Is it at that point that you might need the money for medical expenses or long-term care or something like that? Yeah. So if it's more than a decade away, I think you should invest the money. Okay. I know the stock market's very highly valued right now, but when you're looking at a window of more than 10 years, investing seems to be the best alternative. Okay. Well, I've got the the 401k through Vanguard right now. Would I open another account? I think that's ideal. If you're already at Vanguard with their ultra-low costs, you could open a Vanguard investment account and... Uh, you could, I mean, you've got such a wide variety of things you could put it in there. And, got, you know, yeah, what yeah, Vanguard does, if you look at their investment choices online, they have a risk wheel you can look at for any investment you're considering, and it'll show you from highly risky to basically no risk at all. And at the point you are in your life, probably somewhere there would be like a like right in the middle there. Mm-hmm. between uh, high risk and low risk would probably be the right thing for that 10-year cycle. Okay. Well, that sounds like a good plan. And congratulations to you that you've saved all this money and you don't need any of it to live on. That's a great situation to be in. And I don't know why the Congress came up with this cockamamie RMD thing, but... What were you people thinking in Washington? Adam is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Adam. Hi, Clark. How are you doing? Great, thank you. You want to move to Hawaii. <laughs> That's right. I'm jealous. <laughs> well, uh, we'll see what happens. But right now, what we're trying to figure out, me and my wife, is we're trying to see whether uh, renting our, our the house that we live in now out when we move to Hawaii, or if we should just go ahead and get rid of it and sell it. So you live where in the country? Uh, I live in Ohio. Unless you have a trusted person that, and you don't ask them to do it for free, that you could pay to manage that property for you, mm-hmm. you need to sell it. Because sell it. There's, I mean, somebody calls you and there you are enjoying yourself on the beach in Hawaii and they're telling you that the refrigerator has broken. You don't want to be dealing with that. Very true. But what about, I know that they have companies that will manage uh, rentals for you. Is that a possibility? It sure is. You, It varies by management company and part of the country, but in general terms, usually pay a fee up front that may be 50% of the first month's rent and then 7 to 10% of each additional month's rent when they cycle through, you know, they got a new tenant in, that person's there, and so they take their cut, but then they manage it. But they do bill you. They'll, they'll take care of that refrigerator when it goes on the fritz or, you know, you need a plumber or whatever, but they'll bill you for it. But they okay. will manage it in a way that makes it more like you owning a stock or bond. But then the question for you is, what's the end game? Are you thinking that this is a one-way trip, you're moving to Hawaii, and this is forever? Or is there a decent chance that you'll go back to Ohio 
and want to live back in the house that you would have had as a rental property? You know, we're pretty sure that we want to go ahead and stay in Hawaii. That, that seems to be the plan right now. But, you know, no one has a crystal ball. So, uh, Well, then I'm, let me I'm hit you with one of the that. ways you make that decision. How is the value of the house today versus what you paid for it originally? Well, I, I'll tell you this. I know that in my neighborhood, um, folks have been getting anywhere between eleven to $1,400 for rent. Um, we got lucky. We found the house. It was a fixer-up. We spent 100000 on it, uh, put 20000 down on it, and uh, we're, we're seven years into our, into our mortgage right now, the 30-year mortgage. Uh, so, you know, we have, we have some wiggle room right there, and I feel like. how much, if you were to sell your house now, what do you think it would sell for? At least one fifty. Okay. Just looking at just looking in the neighborhood, other other homes in the neighborhood, nothing sold for under one hundred and fifty for a while. All right. So there's no tax reason uh, that would be particularly a reason to sell that property. So it is just a question of if you're comfortable, you, you can find a good management company and rent it out, and you're okay with having a property so far away from where you're going to be living in Hawaii. I love rental properties. I'm not going to tell you not to do it. Just be sure you can clear a profit after you've paid the management fees, management expenses. Uh, One last question I would think about. The neighborhood that you're in, does it seem to be getting steadily better as a neighborhood? I'm not talking about home values, but is the neighborhood looking better, people fixing up homes, doing things like that? Is the neighborhood kind of going sideways or down? You know, it seems like that the neighborhood's been getting a little bit better because right. it's an older neighborhood, and the folks that originally came here either, um, you know, they're passing away and oh. stuff like that, and we have younger families coming in. They're dressing like the place up. That would that would support you having it as a rental property. If a neighborhood's going sideways or going down, it would be a better idea to sell. So in your case, keep it and go enjoy living in Hawaii I'm green with envy. Heidi is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Heidi, you have a credit card question for me, and car rentals tie right into it. Yes, they do. Um, I'm going up north for three weeks, but the credit card I have says they'll cover 15 days. Oh. Yeah, most of them are 14 or 15 days. There's the rare credit card that will cover you for 30 days of use and that is that is a unusual benefit one that i know the is on the frequent flyer message boards is something called the chase sapphire preferred mm-hmm. that gives you a month wow now would that have an annual fee um yes it does but i wonder if they give you that only outside the United States if they give you the month inside the United States as well. I know that I've always read about that being for people that are traveling to foreign countries that you get the month. And But with that card, that would be the one I'd check to see if they also give you the month for rentals inside the United States. Because what you're forced to do, and I've had to do this before on a long trip is you have to turn in one car after two weeks and then get another one for two weeks if 
you only have the a card with the 14 or 15 days. And Joel just checked, our genius producer, and the Chase works both in the United States for a month or outside the United States. Okay. Now, really, do you feel like if you have car insurance and you're completely covered and you ha- your, your um, insurance has rental insurance, is that good enough? Well, there's a gap that you're exposed to. And so the thing is, when, how often have you ever had an accident? Once. Once in your whole life, right? Right. Yeah, so you'd have to be really unlucky for during this one long vacation to have something happen. So that's your choice. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. And Clark.com slash ask. That's where you go to ask me a question. But you can ask a question of a member of our team. That's also a free service. And that's available nine hours a day, Monday to Friday. Uh, The information on the phone number to call in. And hours available where you live. If you scroll down on the main screen of Clark.com, you will see it. Call in. Talk with a member of our team. Get your questions answered. I have had probably in the top five of all questions asked in the last year on and off the air has concerned cryptocurrencies, initial coin offerings, Bitcoin. These are computerized currencies. They are not real money in the traditional sense. And these monies, if you will, just can't call them money, these monies are all the rave and all the rage. I mean, some of these things have gone up by amounts in the last year that are extraordinary. Bitcoin, which is like the pioneer of non-governmental issued money, is up 750% in the last year. I'm looking at a pricing chart And it's gone from being worth near zero just, what, a year and a half ago to a Bitcoin is worth almost $4,600. Now, remember, there's nothing backing it up. It doesn't produce anything. It's just a bunch of people got together and said, We don't trust government. Let's make a new money. And now there's all these other imitators. There's one called Litecoin that's up 1,400 this year. It's at a record. And the total amount of Bitcoins in circulation is nearly $200 billion in equivalent because that's what people pay for them. So that's what it is worth at this moment in the marketplace. But with a cryptocurrency, remember they're just made-up money. Being virtual is not by itself something evil or rotten or whatever. But the idea of money is that barring hyperinflation like Venezuela has, Money moves in very, very small increments in value. 
with these cryptocurrencies being traded like they're some kind of speculative pie-of-the-sky thing, people aren't using them as a way of holding and storing money or to buy things. They're having them as a speculative thing, hoping there's always somebody else that will pay them more for it than what they paid for it. I don't know if you remember when the frenzy mania took hold with Beanie Babies. Do you remember what a Beanie Baby was? I think you can still buy those. So these things are made for, I guess they're like 10 cents to manufacture or whatever. I don't know. And they were these cutesy little miniaturized stuffed animals. And they were selling at retail, I think, for a couple of dollars. And then somehow... This frenzy started, and they were being bid up, some of them, into the thousands of dollars. And just as quick as this item went crazy, it came tumbling back to earth and again became a cute kid's miniaturized stuffed animal that is a couple of dollars. I remember McDonald's had a a marketing thing with the Beanie Baby people for miniaturized beanie babies which is funny to say a miniaturized stuffed animal miniaturized again and they were coming in happy meals and collectors speculators were going to mcdonald's and they were buying a hundred happy meals at a time just so they could get the beanie babies to then try to sell them at a giant markup and mcdonald's all over the united states had to ration people getting the happy meals because the speculators coming in buying up all the miniaturized beanie babies that is what mania is about and there may over time become a real role in economics and economies for these cryptocurrencies and these all these icos going on and all that but no right now we are in the complete 1849 gold rush kind of days except there is no gold in those hills this is all a feeding frenzy of irrational behavior doesn't mean there aren't going to be some people who get filthy rich off of getting involved in this speculation but what happens with any speculation a small number of people get rich and the others end up Sadder, wiser, poorer. So never put any money into one of these made-up monies that you can't afford to lose. Don't take your real money that you've worked for that's real U.S. dollars and slap it into one of these unless it's like going to a horse track and betting on the fifth horse in the fourth race, period. Gabrielle is with us on the Clark Howard Show. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Clark, how are you? Wonderful, thank you. You have something to share with me about your 401k that, well, they did something that's never good for you. Yes. Um, I recently graduated college and got my first job, was offered a 401k account, um, so I went ahead and went with that. And I did not know what to do with um, once I left, the, left the, the position with the company. And so I didn't really know what to do. So the check just 
came to me, and so I'm not sure what to do with it now. It's been taxed a lot, and so I'm not really sure what to do with that remaining amount. Right, so it actually hasn't been taxed. It's been withheld oh. from. Okay. So what they did is, let's say, just I'm going to give round numbers. You had $1,000 in there. They keep 200 send you mm-hmm. 800 Okay. And does it look like that, that they kept back 20%? Yes. Right. So what, how much total is it they sent to you? It's not a whole lot. It's under $500. Oh, perfect. Okay. All right. So you need to, within 60 days of the date on the check that was issued to mm-hmm. you from the 401k provider, you need to go somewhere and open an IRA. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to make up the uh, nearly $100 they took out as withholding. Okay. Because if you don't make up that money they took out and sent to the okay. IRS, you get hit with tax and penalties on the money. Okay. Okay. Are you All in right. a position you can make up what they withheld? I Yeah, I should be. So as far as opening an IRA, do you have one already? No. Right. So you can, there's, there's several things you can do. Do you have a good job now somewhere? Yes, but I don't have one offered through it. All right. So you can go open an IRA with um, less than $500. Can you add to it? Do you have enough money that you could come up with a total of 1000 or do we want to stick with the $500? let us Let's stick with the 500. All right. Well, one place I can tell you would be great for that is I think you can do that at Charles Schwab for 100 or more. Okay. So, do you have a Charles Schwab office near you? I'm not sure. I live, I'm local to Atlanta. So oh, yeah. There's probably. offices all over Atlanta. Any okay. big city, they have offices all over. Okay. So, you go in there, tell them you got this distribution from a 401k, you want to deposit it in an IRA. Remember, do not let 60 days pass. Okay. I don't even want to get into what the taxes and penalties are if you do. Okay. So, you go in and you take that check and take additional money, another check that will make up exactly what that amount of withholding was. And they reflected on the information they sent to you the net check and what the what the total amount was in your 401k, Mm -hmm. you give that exact amount to Schwab and you open an IRA with them and you could go in any of a number of things with them. Probably the easiest would be if you're not, how knowledgeable are you about investing? Um, Not terribly. Just open a Schwab Intelligent Portfolio. Okay. And... It's a, what they do is you tell them you're looking for something to grow over the long haul. You want to do an intelligent portfolio. They'll say, okay, let's pick this one, and bam, you're done. Okay, perfect. So it'll take you like no time at all. Awesome. That's great. Thank you. Sure. And why does the new employer not offer you a retirement plan? <laughs> it's a small business. Okay. All right. That is a big problem for small businesses. The good news is that there are a lot more affordable plans available now for small businesses where they can offer 401ks at low cost. So, Joel, you're telling me, no, you're showing a different company? No, it's a $1,000 minimum? Uh-oh. Gabrielle? Gabrielle? Yes. 
I'm wrong. I thought you could do an IRA for only 100 or more. Producer Joel says I'm wrong, that it is $1,000. So maybe we should do Betterment, B-E-T-T-E-R-M-E-N-T dot com. Okay. Look at that. They will be just fine for the amount of money you have. Okay. I'll look into that. All right. Best to you. Thanks for the quick catch, Joel. Ann is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Ann. Hey, Clark. How you doing? Great. Thank you. Ann, you want to talk about UMA? I do. O-O-M-A dot com. <laughs> I've heard you talk about them for years, Clark, and we're thinking about using them, but the Better Business site has a lot of folks claiming that it's extremely difficult to cancel and that they've been continually uh, to be charged even after canceling and kind of given a hard sell about encouraging them to sell their unit to have someone else take over their account. And uh, UMA won't provide me with a cancel uh, policy in writing. So how can I protect myself? I am very curious about this because I've been recommending UMA for at least a decade. I've used UMA for longer than a decade. Mm-hmm. And it's not on my radar at all that people have been having problems with them. They have the highest rating of any phone company rated by Consumer Reports. I know. So (laughs) I am just totally curious about this. So I'm going to dig in and see if there is uh, trouble on the horizon that I was not aware of because that is news to me that people are having problems with them. I should explain to others what UMA is. It's a phone service that you buy an UMA device that uh, usually costs around $129 at retail. And it is both your service and uh, it does everything for you. You hook it up through your internet connection. It's your local calling, your long distance, all your calling features. And then monthly you pay only regulatory pass-throughs, which depending on where you live in the country tend to be somewhere three to six dollars a month so it's just a fantastic price point and maybe that's why people generally just love it but ann i'm going to do some digging and see if i need to stop singing the praises of uma yes i would hate it because uh, when will i hear um what you find out because we're actually we were ready to do it or not do it so Mm -hmm. Uh, give me a couple of days Okay. And producer Kim will get back with you. Okay, excellent. And okay. if there if there is a problem with Uma, I will uh, make it very clear on the air. Okay. Because okay, I you. am I'm really shocked by what you're telling me because you are literally the first person I've ever heard from <sighs> who said anything bad about Uma all through the years. Uh, well, they get an A plus on. Uh, BBB, but then you look at all the reviews, so it just something's not matching up. So I look forward to hearing what y'all find out. Well, I appreciate that, and as a long, long time UMA user, I can tell you it has been such a great thing because typical phone bill, even if you buy one of these new VOIPs that come from the cable company or come from a third-party company, you're usually paying $30 a month. Mm-hmm. And, you know, paying... Three to six dollars a month sure is sweet, isn't it? That's very sweet, Clark, yes. So I will do my digging 
and I will report back. And 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 if there is a problem, we will be very clear about that on the air. And if there is a problem, we'll also talk to Uma about it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jane joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Jane. How are you doing? Hi, Clark. I'm well. Jane, you have a question for me about something your credit card company is offering. What are they offering you? They are offering for the primary credit card account member two different alerts. One is called a Social Security Number Alert, and it says we will alert you if we find your Social Security number on any of thousands of risky websites, and it identifies risky websites as a hidden part of the Internet called the dark web. Yes. The, the dark, you know, on the dark it. web, you could really become completely paranoid if you knew everything going on on the dark web. Because there, our personal information is being traded all the time in this uh, sinister corner of the web. Hmm. Um, well, that's scary. And what else are they of, offering? The other kind of alert is a new account alert. We will notify you if any new credit cards, mortgages, car loans, or other accounts are opened on your Experian credit report. Okay, so this is Discover's thing then, right? Correct. Discover has done a very good job and they're collecting information on you every month anyway. And so they've decided, why don't we take the information we're already collecting on people and turn it into a benefit for them that makes them more loyal to Discover? So this is a great idea. So you think I should sign up? I absolutely do think that you should sign up. Okay. And Discover is the only financial institution I know of that also encourages its account holders to do a credit freeze, which is the way you really prevent people who traffic in your information from being able to bring harm your way. So Discover deserves a real tip of the hat for doing all these good things. Great. Thank you, Clark. Thank you, and you have a great day. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I appreciate you spending part of your day with us here on The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that if you need consumer advice, we're here to serve you off-air for free, nine hours a day. If you go to Clark.com and go down the home screen, you'll see a section, Consumer Help and Tools. Click on Consumer Action Center and you can get that free off-the-air advice.